0: So, sorry about the mic making a little bit of noise. No, it's perfect. Okay. Um, What we had gotten started to talk about was that when we start mucking down inside the mind and begin to see things and and figure things and sequences of uh, events are out, we eventually run across something that is really hard to describe But that you put a voice to it and that voice is the voice of a scream Mm. and you feel like that there's something screaming inside but that uh and you probably also recognize it it's probably been there uh at least off and on for a long time but it you don't pay a lot of attention to it but when you do it really is a scream Henry David Thoreau, back in the 1830s, when Buddhism was just coming to uh, America and they were trying to grapple with the teachings, uh, Thoreau, in his book Walden, came up with the phrase that people live lives of quiet desperation. Okay? That sound, that scream, is as if it's a scream, then all screams have a quality of desperation to them but that we don't go around the house screaming. Well, some people do. (laughs) Some people are really noisy in their desperation. But most of us live lives of quiet desperation. Uh, And that desperateness is the quality that a scream will have. Now, that's not the only way that we can look at it. There are other ways that it's been described throughout history. But um, the whole quality of the scream and the desperation uh, have to do with, uh, let us say, a deep sense of loss of the underpinning. Or um, what, what is the scream? Is the scream a falling scream? Or is it the scream of being attacked?
1: If I would put it, uh, I would like, uh, I don't know why, but it's more like a, uh, an abyss
0: scream, like a falling scream. A falling scream. Yes, yeah. exactly. All right. Yes. Some people do have the scream of being attacked, but most of us have that that sense of falling or that the props have been knocked out or we don't have anything to support, or we thought we could trust it and we can't. That, that unfortunately, nothing is reliable, okay? This is actually a deep kind of knowledge that we come to that we don't like it. That we've kind of known it all along that, in fact, nothing is reliable. Yes that that's actually the first doubt that we have to come by is the sense of um, the doubt of recognizing that one's life is a mess or like the room. Here's the example. You walk into the, the room and the place is a complete wreck. Let us say that two fat cats were chasing a mouse all over the room and things got knocked down all over the place and the question then you walk in without knowing that it was a couple of cats and a mouse, you walk in and you say, what happened here? Or, who made this mess? And then, not wanting to have to make things right ourselves, we want someone else to fix it. In fact, if we could fix it, if we could get the cats, when we figure out that they're the ones who did it, we want the cats to put the, the house back together again for us. Because, I mean, after all, when things went awry when we were kids, we had a mommy to put it back together for us. She'd clean our diaper for us, so to speak. And so we get into that longing of sense that something is there that's going to support or prop me up. But now that sense of desperation or that quiet scream is looking down there and, hey, wait a minute, there's no mommy holding me up. There's no nothing to support this situation. That feeling also has uh, been called or known by also a sense of emptiness. That there's nothing yeah. there. Yeah. And that we scream because we think that we've lost something. Yes, which would be that way. very support. That we were discussing okay so that's another way of looking at it and that this is common in humanity it's a common feeling Uh, and it is based upon an inch of wisdom and a yard of experience the experience is mommy took care of me and the inch inch of wisdom is and she's gone okay Which means, uh uh-oh, all of the support mechanisms that I had are gone now. A sense of loss. This, when people, when kids go to to, uh, a distant school, a university, or whatever like that, they have to have a thing called homesickness, this is it. That longing to go home so that we can get ourselves taken care of, we can get the food that we want that we're familiar with, We're not pushed around, you know, that we're looking for a home. And so kids can get homesick. This can be an actual real feeling in the body. This homesickness often is associated something like with butterflies in the stomach, where there's a deep fear involved. Sometimes it's a little higher in the chest. This is also the seat for anxiety. That, I mean, if someone goes around with this low-level scream, it's going to be doing some agitation in there. Yeah. And so this is also the source of anxiety, so we can put that on it. But looking at it from the perspective of the point of emptiness, that has some value. But first we need to look around it first. That, in fact... Uh, people know about this it's well known it's quite documented It's part of philosophy and that in fact even Christians have um, they've they've got sort of a a song or a method of of doing it or, or whatever like that and that is to say that that hole that we have inside actually has a particular shape to it and that the shape of it is God shaped (laughs) Which means that if you plug God into that hole, then that hole will be completely full up. Which is another analogy for saying that let God be that support for you that you had as a child for mommy, that you can rely upon God to do it for you. That can get really dangerous if we rely on God to do it for us. We might wake up in the dark night of the soul in the sense of recognizing, hey, I've been calling on him to help me out for all these years and he ain't done nothing. <laughs> and so in that sense, they're relying on the wrong kind of God. Yeah. That The better kind of God is the God within. The kingdom of, of God within us which is, in fact, uh, that you can fill that hole on your own. And, in fact, you've had quite a lot of
1: experience
0: of filling that hole on, on your own. And many people have tried many things. I've seen people try to throw bicycles and motorbikes, Mercedes cars, yes. houses, to throw that into that hole to yeah, try to yeah, fill yeah. it up. And nothing in there ever quite fills the hole up. But it sure does get cluttered. With the Buddhist idea, maybe we have already done too much to try to fill the hole and it's not working. Maybe we can find refuge in the fact that this is more like uh, not a hole, it's a cathedral. It's just got a lot of junk. We need to clean it up a bit, throw some of the rubbish out, and now we've got a fine emptiness to live in. Yeah. Ah, so yeah. when we look at it that way, we can say maybe the scream can be converted into a song. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Definitely. we can. Sing, yeah, we don't have to scream because it's empty. We can begin to understand just with a change of attitude that it's okay to be nothing it's okay to do nothing to have nothing to go no place because the real pleasure has always been on the inside anyway and yet we think that we take great pleasure from getting something for free and i'm offering you something that's even better for free okay and that is is that uh like you give a man a fish he'll eat for a day but if you give him Uh, teach him how to fish he can now go fishing for himself get fish any times he wants okay so if we can gladden the mind and get the body and the mind system into a state of pleasure then we can go around and get and go fishing for that anytime we want
1: And uh, there is something very interesting about uh, this uh, type of uh, perception because I think I once or twice I can remember it was uh, a song and not a scream. Like uh, it, it will always be something, but uh, I already managed to turn it into a song. And not to screen. But uh, like the default state. For some reason is like uh, this.
0: Deep. sense <laughs> <laughs> of screen. But yes. Well, one thing that I will say about it is is that. Yes, it goes one thing after another, after another, and that these things are also in categories, and so we generally exhaust. Or manipulate or deal with one category at a time while all of the other categories are still quite actively kicking our butt but as we mature and deal with one category after another it gets easier because we don't have all of the other categories busting our butt because we've already managed them Mm -hmm. Okay, and so the job gets easier as well as our experiences of managing these kalesa is there. So, in that regard, you eventually can come to the end of it and that it actually gets easier as you go along. That's an important point. It gets easier as it goes along, but in in the beginning... When you begin to really start to wake up, you see just how much of it there's there. Yeah. It's like walking into a kitchen that you've been that you've been in uh, many many times before, but it was always dark. And now you've got a new light bulb. You flip that thing on, and you see that kitchen, and you see how dirty it is. It's almost yeah. impossibly dirty. But eventually, after you clean enough, then you get back to the point of okay, it's good enough now. So we have to learn to use the, um, let us say, the little red wagging of hauling the dirt off. But once we have the thing cleaned out, it's going to be useful. Therefore, we can stop, for instance, scrubbing. Once we've got it clean enough, that's good enough. Yes. Well, with the mind, it's like that, except that instead of having a lot of dirt all over the place, Think of it like walking into the kitchen and the dirt that you see is what you're looking at and the thought is it's all over the place. But really the dirt that there is for you is the dirt you see right in front of you. Mm -hmm. And if you clean that dirt, then you've got a clean spot. (laughs) Yes. All right. And so then you notice another pile of dirt then you can work in uh, and clean that one too. One, basically one thought at a time is all we need to clean up.
1: Like uh, loosening a
0: knot. Pardon?
1: Loosening a knot. Like there's a knot and then I...
0: Oh yes, yes. Okay, loosening a knot. That's a good analogy of it, okay and some knots are really really intertwined in the sense of knot upon knot upon knot all in a great big ball Mm -hmm. and so uh even though we get one knot out we're making progress but there's still a whole lot of knot there with our method we uh do the dance of a jig every time we pull a knot out we're not concerned with how many knots that we have uh, to left to do. We're only concerned with, darn it, now we know how to pull this knot apart. Yes, That's the attitude to have is we can't do this. If I can pull one knot out of it, I can pull the next one out and the next one out. Yes. Okay. And, and it actually, in reality, it takes even less effort to do this with the mind than it does with the... Uh, Actual knot that, in fact, the uh, the bigger the rope, the more difficult the knot is to untangle, because of the weakness of the hands. I was in the navy, so I I know a different kind of knot. Is <laughs> when when the rope is so big you can't get your hand around it. <laughs> And then you need these piles of things of going in and digging out and digging around to get that thing out, all right? Luckily, the knots that we have in the mind are actually quite easy to move once we get into the habit of doing. It's more like a a little needle, if anything. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so uh, this, this idea that we can untangle the knot of the mind is, first off... Just saying I can do it, and then go do it. The first thing that we do for untangling or not is look for a place where we can get a hold of it. And so we look around a bit to see, you know, where this one's going in, and do I follow it around with my mind and figure out where it's going, so would it be a good idea to pull it this way or pull it that way, and things like this. That's exactly what we're doing with Anapanasati, to unravel that yeah. mind. Okay, yeah. one little knot at the time. Okay, how do we do that is literally by untangling it means to throw it out yeah. or to clean it out. I mean, CMI, instead, right? of, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. instead of cleaning, when we think of cleaning the kitchen, we don't think about it. And uh, normally how we think about it is, oh, my God, it's so dirty. I got it here and scrub yeah. and rub and run yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, no, with this kind of work, it's all you do is just <laughs> that's all it takes. Yeah, okay. throw it away. Yeah. Yeah, just wipe it right off. Okay, yeah, yeah. so we can wipe the mind right off. And then we have the thought, yeah, but the whole kitchen is dirty. The answer yes, one wipe at the time. Let's yeah. not worry about how many times we have to wipe, let's worry about how much we enjoy this wiping. Yeah. To be free from that stuff right here. Yes. So in that regard, let's get back to the idea of the screaming. This is something that the screaming has begun to show because this wiping clean or wiping the mind is literally like trying to take old things out of the hole that we've created. Mm-hmm. And so we're actually uncovering this the emptiness <laughs> there. Okay, I see. I see. We're beginning to uncover the scream at the bottom of all of this. I see. the basic dissatisfaction that we have okay there's that basic dissatisfaction that we have but it's based in ignorance and it's unsatisfied with what we have and it wants something in other words this is the second noble truth in operation and that's but we can use metaphors like empty We could use metaphors like a scream, but at the bottom of it all is to recognize that we have been for a long time in the habit of feeling like we needed something. And right now I can train my mind so that I can feel like I don't need anything right now. That I'm satisfied, I'm good enough. And so in that regard, you can see that screaming has not just been a a scream that was buried deeply and you didn't know what it was. Basically this scream was screaming orders about what you should go, where you should go and what you should do for much of your life. You've been ordered around by this little screamer. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Huh? <laughs> so it's a good idea to take a hold of it and recognize it for what it is. That this actually right. has been driving us, and now you've gotten down to going backwards from its demand. Of course, it's gotten loud enough for you to start paying attention to it. This is great. It's kind of detaching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so now every time you can see that screamer, that dissatisfaction, that feeling of emptiness, you can say, yeah, but I kind of like it, too.
1: Yes, yeah, there is something
0: I, I along kinda, these lines. Yeah, I, I kind of like So let's start paying attention to that part. Not, not that, oh, we've got to do something about it. Oh, no, we can enjoy the song. We can enjoy it. We can say, never mind, settle down. So this is the way that we begin to deal with it. This is what will help get the mind. In fact, think of it like this. that While we're uh, talking Dhamma, speaking Dhamma, being enthused and uh, inspired by the Dhamma, that's when that... Uh, feeling uh, the screaming is the most di- distant away, It's not. It's not so much there. It's really hard to get in touch with that when we really kind of know that we can get finished with it. It's not such a big deal anymore. We still know it's there, but the dhamma itself and the inspiration of the dhamma. Gives us the attitude that I can do this. We get that that uh, um, that pity and that sukha that gives us the relaxation. I can do this.
1: Yes, I kind of get uh, this feeling of uh, pity. You said when I am like um, in my sitting practice, and then I either uh visualize uh. uh or the Buddha himself, or the things you you, you usually say to me. Like, mm-hmm. uh, just a picture of you while I'm um, meditating is <laughs> like a, a sort of, uh, you know, uh, just uh, uh, like the right attitude keeps and starts flowing in some sort, you know?
0: Yes, I do. In fact, uh, the, the Tibetans and um, other traditions are very big on that. That's part of the reasons why they have gargoyles on, on um, uh, uh, Catholic prisons, no, um, cathedrals. And they have um, uh, um, angelic beings on, on the side of all of the Buddhist places. They have talkas to memorize in Tibet yes there's a whole quality of visualization that uh by being able to visualize the beautiful that helps us to feel good yes. and also we're paying attention to it
1: yes. so when
0: there, <clears throat> when uh the the guy with the tanka is is uh using the object of the tanka for the meditation it's not about the deity is whether he's magical or not it's that this is the mythologization of these qualities. Yes, the disposition it puts you in. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like yes. being able to feel good, to be able mm-hmm. to feel yeah. powerful. Okay, so that's okay, a part of it. You know? Yes, absolutely. Yes, so uh, we can visualize things that help us to feel good. Just like we have visualizations to help us feel bad. Unwholesome thoughts also come in. We have a lot of, of, lot of <laughs> So while you're visualizing, make sure that it's wholesome visualizations yeah. rather than unwholesome. And off we go. Yes, visualizations is a, is a big part of to be able to practice. Yes.
1: There was a, a thing I was trying to like uh, integrate into the the practice because the last time we spoke, I got uh, like a whole new context for lots of stuff, and it got me wondering what was that point of uh, contact you said I should look for. I try to aim at it by like. Uh, not fixating my attention in some particular spot, but trying to move it so fast, I couldn't like uh, be attached to anything. Like, uh, I think
0: something, but else. Okay, keep practicing like that. That's exactly the right way to do it. Okay. But that's uh, something you're, uh, the... you... you're just beginning. Oh, okay. so you're beginning, you're just beginning. So keep going with that. Keep watching. You got a particular question, I know. What is it?
1: It's uh, this uh the, I don't remember the name you you used, but it's uh, the point of contact. Mm-hmm. From the the
0: Pratisha Shamapada. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. Yeah, pasa is the Pali word. And that Buddha das is big on having wisdom at the point of contact.
1: So that is when we that, know uh, Think, yeah, In other words, I can, we can... know
0: what impacts us. Mm-hmm. We know what impacts us. That's basically what he's saying. Wisdom at the point of contact means we know what impacts us. Therefore, we will know how we feel about it. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because if we know how we feel about it, then we have complete control over what, what we're going to do with those feelings. But if we have no wisdom at the point of contact so that whatever impacts us impacts us in a dream-sleepy or um, uh, not-mindful way, then those feelings will arise, and with those feelings, the natural tendencies of the mind will take that feeling of liking into wanting. And the wanting then into, it's good, or I've got a habit. And if the feeling that arises is a feeling of, of dislike or uncomfortable or, um, let us say, a bit difficult to endure, then the desire is to get rid of it. And by having the desire to get rid of it or the want to get rid of it or the tanha, uh, that leads then towards taking action to get rid of it. Now that action, then, is the Upadana. That's when we're actually clinging. If we take action to get rid of something, then clinging is there. Mm. Because the clinging is what calls the action. But mentally, that clinging is also going to take us right into one of the woeful states. Mm. Okay? And that is suffering. Yes. These woeful states are known as suffering. So we we become that woeful creature yeah. is in these woeful states, in this hell if we're angry, etc. Okay. So if we have mindfulness at the point of contact so that we know, and so several things to know. One of the things that we can know is, is that, hey, I'm making this stuff up. If we would know that, if we would know that our thought, that we're making it up, that it's not real, we've got no evidence. And that actually, I've the reason that I'm saying that is because that's one of the things that since I've started to teach on the internet is, is that I've recognized that I've got to really back up what I say. Mm. And so I often, after I've told some students something, I'll go and research it to make sure that I can find it in the suttas. Yes, yes, because I don't want to be making stuff up, and if I'm not sure of where I heard it, then I want to go check the source. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's been years, and then that relief will come. Yeah, I finally found that one. I knew it was true, but I didn't know where to locate the reference for it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So this is a quality of investigating the mind in, in the fact that we don't trust our thoughts. We don't trust this internal representation of the world, because we know that it's polluted, that the real world is something we haven't experienced yet because we've been too busy processing that real world to make sense out of it. Mm -hmm. And so we begin to not trust that, in other words, we're going now even more in the direction of that screen, that we recognize happily that we can't trust anything. We can't even trust our own thoughts especially when we have now a new way of looking at them and that is wholesome or unwholesome Mm -hmm. okay so if we can see thoughts as unwholesome then then we can take the pleasure in saying out you go okay and so the more outgoing it goes the more empty we become the more in touch with that internal emptiness that we behold, we begin to understand that scream, yes. that imp- that uh, longing that we have inside. And then you begin to recognize how, in fact, it has been controlling so much of your life. That you've been, a- it's been asking you for help. It's screaming, please give me something. Yes. So you've given it a bicycle, and you've given it a book, and you've given it a meditation, and you've given it a house. <laughs> and nothing is satisfying it. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: And that's why we call it emptiness or a hole. It doesn't matter how much stuff you throw in there; it's still empty. Yes, yes. So now that you know that, you can take you can recognize. Well, let's not have that become part of. Our wise way of looking at the world. Yes. And this makes me uh, think of a fun thing.
1: Like uh, I feel like there's a. It becomes easier to like uh, find yourself up here in the head because uh, we have uh, too many parts of like. entry we have like uh, the mouth we have the ears so the sound can enter we have the sight so like uh Uh like just just in here you know so i right
0: and you have the entire body coming up through the brain stem right into the reptilian brain wired directly in yeah so i have too many things to like uh, attach to right The brain is it. That's right. There's no problem with understanding that, but you are not that brain. You are the sum total of the activities of that brain. You're the product. The me is the product of the process of the brain. And if you process incorrectly, that me is going to wind up in toast. Yes. but if you process correctly that me is going to wind up being in charge I don't know if I told you this but one of the students one time mentioned the idea that everyone is an emperor of his own pile uh, of dirt right okay this is what we're talking about is let's climb out from under our pile of dirt let's stop doing what that scream has been saying and get on top of it all. To, to stop allowing that quiet desperation to make you live your life desperately.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You can just reckon that, yeah, it's in there. And it's, number one, no longer going to drive. And two, it's not that uncomfortable anyway. And three, as I get used to it, it's not so bad at all. Then, in fact, I can uh, uh, go into that wilderness or go into that empty room and make it my home. Yeah. It's nice in here. And so we can take that desperation and turn it into housing. Yes. But it takes a while, and it takes some thinking through that it's really okay that that scream is there, yeah. But that we don't have to number one stay asleep to it because we think it's painful. Because when we are asleep to it, it drives our life. It's like when the cat's away, the mice will play. Yes, is an, an example of that. Yes. Okay. Yes. But so when when we um. When we start watching for this, then we can recognize that it doesn't have any power at all.
1: Mm -hmm. So, would you say the moving attention is a good way of practicing it? Practicing it?
0: Well, moving is exactly what we mean by open. If something was open but there was no movement at all, then open and closed has no meaning so open that's a very good thing okay so closed actually has the, the the situation of no movement and so movement is good in that in that regard not going somewhere is different than just in motion yes okay. So, in fact, you can think of that the whole world is in a dance. I see. It's not marching someplace to do something, it's just dancing. This is what we mean by Leela.
1: It's kind of a
0: still motion of some sort. Okay. Yes, yeah, so everything is in motion. And the question is is if we watch where we're going there won't be much collision
1: but uh, uh, the aspect of moving around my uh, point of attention very fast is an actual practice
0: Mm -hmm. Definitely. right so in one breath which we've gotten slowed down now to about uh, five breaths a minute or a count of 12 something in that neighborhood so that we're taking long slow deep breaths. We can note that in-breath and note that out-breath very very quickly just to make sure that we're doing an in-breath and an out-breath and that leaves us nearly now let us say 12 or 11 seconds to do all kinds of other stuff. Okay. Which is to pay attention to the rising and falling and and the touching of the body on the cloth and get in touch with the body. We can we can also uh, get in touch with our sitting posture, our postures in general, whatever body postures in. It's good to note that on a regular basis. Just take note of it. Why? Because we're already processing that data, but we're doing it subconsciously. Yes. If we weren't processing that data, then we couldn't even sit up, that the whole yes. balance system with, uh, with gravity and whatnot. So let's start paying attention to that system. Let's start mm-hmm. paying attention to what the body is doing and where it goes and when it's balanced and when it's not out of balance. It's quite remarkable. Yes. Really yes. get in touch with the body, okay? We can do that while sitting, and we can do it while uh, in other postures, including walking. All right, so then we have the mind in the sense of being aware that the thoughts that we're having are wholesome and are going to keep us in the state of being able to watch what's happening now, including the body and the mind. And we're not going to allow unwholesome thoughts in. Okay, so now we're beginning to control what kind of thoughts we we have, we're beginning to control the mind that is watching the breathing, doing the breathing, also gladdening the mind. And the last item that there is there is in the feelings. And that's when you begin to understand that scream inside, because that scream is coming to you uh, through feelings. It's not a voice. We've mm-hmm. already established that. It's deeper than that. Yes. It's a, it's a longing is the one word that they can say. Okay? There's a longing inside. or there, There's a something injured in there, or there's something missing inside. Yes. Okay. Uh, This is what Christians, I think, do refer to as the original sin. And we can feel it inside. There's a loss.
1: Right?
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Now that we know that that's there, we can work with it directly. But all this life we've had, we've been working with it indirectly in the sense of following its orders and doing uh what it wanted so that we would are trying to do what it wanted so we could get it to shut up. Mm-hmm. Well, but but it was always dissatisfied with what we were giving it as a gift.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah that's the important thing. Whatever we give this thing, it's still gonna want more. And so it's better instead of trying to reward it and give it the gift that it wants, we need to deal with it directly. But I
1: think I still have the like uh, this uh, specific thing that I did not fathom yet. It's like uh, okay, I'm used to to like uh, pay attention to the in breath, to the out breath. Mm-hmm. I'm used to like uh, see uh, the way my body is sitting down, the way it's uh, balanced, uh, and then I go into the emotions. I try to pick it very to pick it apart. The maximum as i can and but uh while i was doing that i felt that i could do something else and that was like instead of picking something and try to zoom in on it to pick it apart i was trying to like move this laser focus uh but very fast so it wouldn't attach to anything, like okay. uh, I couldn't like uh, grab my breath, I couldn't grab a thought, I couldn't grab my body, I would just move it, move it, move. Yes. You
0: see? Yes. I would say, however, I wouldn't use the example of the laser. OK. Partly because that has the quality of power. Mm. And that what we're really looking for is not so much power, but ease. Mm -hmm. In other words, the ease is is if we keep focusing and changing our focus and changing our focus and taking the objects uh, to give. Basically, the objects come too quickly for perception to process. And also, the other side is is that if you catch the mind focusing on something or taking something as an object, that's when we move. We move to somewhere else. By doing that, uh, either by overloading or withdrawing, and we can do them both together, then because perception has to either deal with this information right this very second or it's lost okay Mm -hmm. so if it's got too much coming in or if it's got not enough coming in then it's going to wind up not doing um, the normal job that it does. So this is actually good but so long as it's enjoyable that this is not something that you're struggling with at all Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. that it's got to be done with right effort. And so when you use the word laser, I'm saying okay, we got to make sure that it's got the right effort to it. That you're just kind of not resting anywhere, not landing, just stay floating. Yes, that makes sense. Okay. All right. Well, I've got another call coming in, so I'll finish this one with you now, and uh, give you a chance to go practice with this um, (laughs) scream. Oh. you scream, I scream, we all scream. Yeah. <laughs> For something called ice cream, I think. I, I would prefer to. All right. Wait, See wait. you. See you.